spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have eclectic and impactful conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. Mercury stationed direct this morning. It's January 18th. It's stationed direct at 5:12 a.m. Pacific. And I wanted to share some things about this direct station, a little bit of a retrospective of some of the themes that we've been working with, um, with the prayer, with the intention that this can support integration and tuning into the wisdom of this cycle that we've been going through. So this was also available as a written article at monarchastrology.com, and I'm going to be reading from it and maybe adding some extra commentary Um, Also a word, you know, something about these forecasts that I share, they are time specific, they are about current events or specific transits, but I usually tune into these contemplations of the psychology or the philosophy um, of the archetypes to a place where these transmissions can be listened to at times outside of the transit, and you can still get something from it. So if you ever feel like going back in time at you know, other forecasts or you're tuning into this from the future, go for it. Um, You can always bring up your calendar too if you've been, you know, if you can remember what you were going through at the time, especially around maybe some particularly notable seasons of life. But let's get into it. Um, One of the notable things that I really feel about this direct station, right, Mercury stationing direct, is that it happens at an inconjunct or quincunx aspect to Mars in eight degrees of Gemini, Mercury in eight degrees Capricorn, Mars in eight degrees Gemini. And Mars is also recently stationed direct and will very slowly begin to pick up speed. You know, it's forward, but it's just so slow right now. So we have these two nearly stationary planets, Mars and Mercury, in a critical and fruitful dialogue. Not to mention Mars and Gemini answers to Mercury by being in Mercury's home sign, Gemini. So a theme that I want to offer in thinking about the coinciding stations of Mercury and Capricorn and Mars and Gemini, right? It was just the 12th of January that Mars stationed direct. Um, A theme I want us to consider is information control and information concealment and how we've maybe been making or have been confronted to make crucial adjustments around that. So first, let's talk about the inconjunct um, as a thing and also between Gemini and Capricorn. So the inconjunct um, is an aspect that some episodes back on this podcast, maybe you'll have to search for it. Cameron Allen and I did a collaboration about going through the different inconjunct pairings like Aries and Virgo or Taurus and what is it? Sagittarius, right? Like all of the signs have their inconjunct pairing. And these inconjuncts relate to critical adjustments, the need for refining the way we make slight adjustments to correct misalignments or awkwardness. 
right? Or each sign, I'm sorry, will have two in conjunct pairings. Like Sagittarius is in conjunct to Cancer and also in conjunct to Taurus, right? So we see signs that have this kind of awkward relationship. Like if we think about Cancer and Sagittarius, you know, Sagittarius loves to travel and be adventurous and cancerous is a little, or cancer, cancer is a little more, um, homey, right? And these are just, of course, stereotypes or basic parts of the science, but you can think about how when a person is traveling or they're far away from home, cancer, they might want to bring some little things with them that give them that feeling of familiarity and comfort, right? Or quickly make a, a nest in the hotel, hostel, Airbnb, etc. that they are staying in. Um, and there's also a way that, you know, cancer does have a kind of like circular, like inclusive, like we're we're weaving a web, like we're weaving something. Um, this is my home. This is my nest. This is my personality. This is my paradigm. And Sagittarius is also a whole worldview. So we can see that even though Cancer and Sag might be kind of awkward put together, that they do also have something in common. So all the inconjuncts will open up some of that um, meditation. Like they're, I think they're chewy. Like you can chew on these things and really think about them. But let's be with Gemini and Capricorn because that's what we're talking about today. Um, we have Gemini who can be kind of flippant, random, chaotic, a trickster, say whatever comes to mind without much thought, like, oh, it's on my mind, <laughs> like, why not? Well, Capricorn is going to be pretty ordered, methodical, and would be more likely to plan or scheme the delivery of information, right? Capricorn is so aware of consequence and how to build things, and Gemini is like, well, let's consider this and let's mutate the path this way. And here's this novel idea. Let's try this thing. And is a lot more, say, spontaneous and agile than Capricorn. Um, but Capricorn can, you know, stick to a plan or a procedure and execute it in a way that is maybe more linear appearing than what Gemini would do. Both signs can really know how to present themselves. This is something I think about. Gemini does it by shape-shifting and being able to be agile enough to take the form that is needed for the presentation, right? Speaking the language of the other, um, having the mannerisms, like being in the, the quicksilver embodiment. Whereas Capricorn presents by adhering to structures and protocols, which could be of a personal nature, like our ethics, or more social in nature, like fitting in. So Gemini and Capricorn, I think... You know, there's definitely a a mischief and maybe even like a dry humor where they can connect, um, but they are very different in some sense. So how has this shown up with the Mercury in Capricorn and Mars in Gemini retrogrades, right? They both recently stationed direct, which means they both were recently retrograde as well. Um, Considering that Mercury in Capricorn and Mars in Gemini have both been working with information, a domain of Mercury, Gemini as a Mercury-ruled sign, right? So they're both working with mercurial themes, Mars in Gemini, Mercury in Capricorn. One of the themes I'm noticing that's been playing out is that of figuring out how we relate to sensitive information and the delicacy or abrasion at which we approach, deliver, receive, and discuss sensitive topics right? 
maybe we can think of a PR firm. Public relations would be such a Capricorn Gemini thing. I think about branding as well with Gemini and Capricorn, where Gemini is about the messaging and Capricorn is, of course, the strategy, the sense of, you know, this is the business. These are our this is our mission plan. These are our ethics. This is our structure. But how can we convey this, Gemini? Um, how can we be persuasive? How can we enchant others into the realm? Um, and so when we're thinking about our own inner PR firm, right, that side of us that's like, I'm going to give this piece of information, but hold this back so that I get this result. Um, that's something that I'm inviting us to think about. And we'll get more into that. But to back up a little bit, the longer acting transit of Mars and Gemini, we've had Mars there since August 20th, has really turned up the heat on our communications and thought processes. Mars and Gemini has related to communications that are coming from a reactive place or have easily triggered reactions like caustic words, inflammatory news, etc. Mars and Gemini has also related to a reorientation to this dynamic because of the retrograde such as if we have tried to become less reactive or if we tried to get to the bottom of our triggers, perhaps instead of asking others to change, we soul-searched. Or maybe we tried to speak more effectively in the moment of heat. Maybe some of us felt we couldn't catch a break from these intense conversations, arguments, or message bombs. You know, like having to deliver intense uh, something intense or feeling like someone's coming at us verbally. Ultimately, this was like a dojo, supporting our evolution and our skills at communicating under stress or immediate conflict, but often not in a way that felt pleasant or gentle. Like maybe sometimes, maybe we got good at it, but it's Mars and Mars is a challenging planet and it was a Mars retrograde after all. But conflict is a part of life, and Mars and Gemini may have been helping us to become more agile in our relationship to it, testing us to develop new and more adaptive ways of responding to challenge and conflict. Then enter Mercury in Capricorn, starting December 6th, and then it stationed retrograde on December 29th, and just stationed direct today, January 18th. So we have Mercury and Capricorn contrasting a verbally impulsive Mars and Gemini. Mercury and Capricorn, on the other hand, could relate to a very conservative way of speaking and communicating, carefully withholding and administering information or timing the information as a way to control one's own security or needs, or as a way to attempt to influence the way the message is received. This isn't always just cold and calculating in some kind of negative way. There is a wisdom to timing as well that Capricorn is very privy to. While we might associate tact and diplomacy with Libra, another cardinal sign, Mercury and Capricorn and Capricorn in general, I think, can have an agenda around communications being effective relative to an agenda. Oops, I said agenda twice. Now I'm seeing that as I read over this, but you get what I'm saying. So what is the critical adjustment that Queen Kunks are in conjunct between Mars and Gemini and Mercury and Capricorn, which is very tight, active right now, but by sign has been a dynamic playing out the last month and a half and in relationship to a longer transit of Mars and Gemini. So here's where the critical adjustment energy between Gemini and Capricorn comes in. We know that words, while maybe not things, depending on how you look at them, 
They can hurt words, and they do otherwise have real consequences. We adjust here by not saying inflammatory things unnecessarily. We learn to recognize that speech has consequences, and while we can theoretically say whatever we want, it's not always wise or loving or necessary. It won't always produce consequences that we feel we can deal with. On the other hand, being overly careful about speech out of fear or trying not to say the wrong thing or being so easily taken over the edge by language or even our own thoughts would be something to consider. Yes, words and thoughts have consequences, but maybe we also have to contend with how our immune response to semantics can be taken too far, even at a personal level in regards to our own irritation and stress levels, right? Like a lot of times, when I'm catching myself being really stressed out, and you can feel this for yourself too, it's attached to a thought, sometimes like an anxious thought, a fear, something theoretical, and our body is starting to vibrate with all these stress hormones because of a thought, because of an abstract concept. And that is a little bit excessive for our health, right? And so there's also some paradox within this idea of you know, taking our sensitivity to semantics too far, and that being that sometimes people do use the argument that we all ought to be less sensitive, just, you know, so that they can say unnecessarily inflammatory things at their leisure and without care. So there are consequences in multiple directions to how careful or careless we are about speech. So it's something that requires wisdom and discernment. It's not just like a say whatever you want or only say the right things extreme on either end. Additionally, Gemini, you know, speaking of the inconjunct, Gemini is happy to share a perspective. A Gemini, I think, can often say things... Um, you know, part of why people get so infuriated by Gemini, Gemini is one of those signs that receives a lot of unwarranted hate, um, which I never encourage. Like, please really consider your prejudices against certain archetypes as something that you're also working through within yourself. But I think what people find challenging about Gemini is that they just say things. And to them, to the Geminian, it's a lighthearted thing, but they're just naming something that they perceive as a fact or, you know, hmm, I'm observing this. But sometimes that information is a lot more loaded or intense for the other person. So, you know, it would be kind of like a simple, how are you? When you ask that to someone who's going through like a major crisis, that's a loaded question, right? Or... I don't know if that's the best example, but it could be like when someone asks you a question that's relatively lighthearted and innocent, but the thing they're pointing to is not even a topic that you want to talk about. And you're like, why are you going there? And I think Gemini, because of their curiosity and kind of light footedness of how they move through the world, they're kind of skipping in a field that may be full of landmines to other people. But to the Gemini, it's like, this is just a thing I'm observing, you know? While Capricorn, um, I think, is a lot more aware of kind of the gravity of certain things and is aware of the foundations that could come toppling down when faced with potentially threatening or inconsistent information, right? So Capricorn, 
Um, when I was thinking about Gemini and Capricorn, I actually had a lot of espionage images that came up, and I was thinking about the the people that um, want to leak files, where they're like, you know, the information should be out here for the people, and that's kind of, you know, a, a wild version of the messenger of like, let's just let the facts be known. Whereas Capricorn has more of an interest in maintaining the empire. Um, that doesn't go to say that everyone expresses Capricorn in a really, um, you know, preserve the state. Like, it's not always political. Like, it's also very personal and psychological. Like, you have these ego structures and these personality patterns, and there's a part of us that is interested in maintaining them. Doesn't really necessarily want them to be threatened or unraveled. So you could be really kind of deep in your own structured paradigm. And when someone throws a wrench in that, that's like the Gemini and the Capricorn's like, oh no, I, I want to maintain this. And I think that the critical adjustment is, of course, how Capricorn is able to start to bend to the information, as well as how, for Gemini, how Gemini can create a little bit of necessary structure instead of just being loose and all over the place in which Gemini has access to a constant stream of ideas and inspirations, but maybe a it's trickier to manifest it or bring it into form, which is gonna be Capricorn's forte, right? But let's consider this psychological component of light sharing of information, Gemini, with the sense of Capricorn being like, but this is threatening my control or this is threatening the systems that have been built inside of me and I find that threatening, right? So consider that psychology. Now, what did this dynamic mean for us, these transits? We were already primed with Mars and the Mars and Gemini transit to feel like information was arousing, triggering, cutting, slicing, taking us to an edge, whether we were the recipients or the deliverers of the sometimes accidentally harsh words or news, right? Like, Think of your nervous system and you're kind of like already a little bit agitated and the person who's telling you the bad news is like, and there's this other part and you're like, oh God, <laughs> and there's this other part and you're just like, oh my God, like will this slide, <laughs> this landslide of triggering information ever end? Like that would be kind of the edge that we could have been at with Mars and Gemini of like, I don't know how much more inflammatory information I can take. <laughs> Give me a break, right? And then also feeling into well, what does that say about me? Like where my edges are and like what I'm able to handle. So then Mercury and Capricorn comes in, retrogrades, and we're thinking about how we manage or maybe control or contain the situation. There might be or have been a heightened sensitivity around the timing, Capricorn, of certain conversations, people wanting different paces or speeds, I want to talk about this now. I want to talk about this at a better time. Can we slow down? This is really intense. Things like that. Or wanting to address certain things at appropriate times with an appropriate container. Also Capricorn. Sometimes containers are there because the evolving situation is such a cutting edge that it needs some boundaries to literally contain it. It's too volatile feeling otherwise. So it remains a question of discernment or wisdom if the excess sensitivity or the extreme sensitivity around saying things right and at the right time is in service 
or if it is a cover for some deeper issue or need, a deeper reveal, a deeper transformation, a deepening of our capacity, the more intensely it's felt like a challenging dilemma needs to be addressed in one particular way, the more likely it is revealed to us that something systemic is at play. What does the managing hide? What would happen if one came out of hiding? Are we ready for that? And were we put in some kind of situation that revealed to us that we could either keep trying to control something or we could surrender to the deeper truth that does out in the open disturb our equilibrium? But it's just as crazy making to try to keep it down. You can see the awkwardness between Gemini and Cap. Unraveling our own webs can also be a titration process, something to take slowly or gradually, still bringing in the Capricorn wisdom of timing, should we be seeking to make a change without burning everything in our lives down. This is why I also thought about the, you know, the leaking of files and how that threatens the government, right? And then at a personal level, psychologically, if one just spews out everything without any filter at all, it can create a lot of crisis um, and upheaval in one's world. And that, um, you know, I speak from experience. If you know my story more deeply, I had this spiritual emergency when I was 21 and I spoke without filter for a period of time and it temporarily destroyed my life, but was good in the end. So it was perfect for me and I don't think that it doesn't have its place. Um, but it, there is a crisis point for people where it's like suddenly they're like, my whole life is a sham. Everything's a lie. It's time to reveal the truth, you know, and they just um, quit their job, move the country, have a divorce and like do all these really extreme things at one time because the buildup of the repression Capricorn was so intense. Um, so in a longer term way, we can think about the way that we're living so that we're kind of attending to those needs before they reach such a volcanic crisis point where we're like, everything's a lie. But people wake up from that when they wake up. So who knows? It's like the Gemini speaking. <laughs> and then contemplating the nature of concealing and timing information. Concealing information or managing the timing is in service, perhaps, to high-risk military operations. It's in service to the artist developing a work in private before releasing it, as per their creative process choice. You know, sometimes artists like to show their process. I often like to do that, but sometimes we want to work on something and we're like, no, this needs privacy, this needs incubation, so yeah, I'm going to keep it a secret. Or it may show up in parenting by not having children be privy to information that they truly don't need to know or be responsible for. It could show up by no longer including a person in your inner circle because after attempts to work on things or repair, they still have this way of trying to undercut you, for example, and you simply don't trust them with your inner world anymore. Right? Like every time you reveal, oh, this is something I'm excited about, they like poo-poo it. You might get tired of giving them that opportunity, right? So we have a lot of different reasons why we might conceal information and have privacy. 
And I find there's some give and take between how true some of these appraisals are of other people's capacity to be included in the know and the actual process of inviting others into the opportunity to know and to repair. Sometimes people are very, you know, they're in different worlds. Communication doesn't happen well despite best efforts. And then the gates and boundaries come up. It's like we're at an impasse. We can't work on this. Here's a boundary whatever that boundary looks like in terms of no connection at all, or maybe, you know, they're included in, in at this level of depth, but they're not part of your inner, inner circle, whatever it is. And then other times we have a breakthrough and become even closer because we took the risk to communicate and then we stayed in authentic connection that way. Concealing information relates to trust and managing situations. In some cases, it is not trusting others or not giving full choice to others, right? Not giving them an informed choice or not being willing to take responsibility for the real consequences that more honest communication would open up. There may be other places in our daily lives, however, where the call of information concealment is undergoing some kind of change, whether we're learning to have better boundaries where we're learning to loosen control in service to creating deeper connection and intimacy in our lives. And then a final thought about Mercury stationing in square relationship to Jupiter and Chiron in Aries. So the Mercury and Capricorn station, direct station, also happens at a square to Jupiter and Chiron in Aries, which has me thinking of how the truth can hurt and it can also set us free. Sometimes truth breaks a bridge and we have to deal with that rupture. But many other times, truth in communication creates profound openings and initiations with ourselves, with our relationships, with how we relate to life. Maybe this brings us back to our Gemini Capricorn in conjunct too, in the way that you can say whatever, but there are also consequences, right? And you can... Um, if there's a degree to which we're concealing information or parts of ourselves to try to manage the other and keep them in some way that we're trying to place them, then as soon as we let the information out and give them the informed choice, they can say yes or no or anywhere in between, and we don't have that level of control anymore. But ultimately, we might be less stressed out, you know, because we're not managing, um, and we can have deeper connections. And then we can also think about where management is actually appropriate, right? Management exists for a reason. It's not like it needs to be thrown out the window and we can just live in chaos. Um, but there's a, a question of how we're managing and what we're managing. And sometimes we're over-managing, sometimes we're under-managing, and those are all things to consider. And we can scale this at any level so coming back to like the truth hurting and setting us free at the same time, from our day-to-day -day interactions to something more existential, like how we're walking our truth in this life or not, and the ways concealment is a developmental process. We put things away, even parts of ourselves, you know, that we, we can't integrate, we can't face yet. We put them away, we compartmentalize them because we're not ready. Or maybe it's not truly safe to deal with that material or to let it out into the world. But there does come a time and there are steps to come out into the open and have an open dialogue with life. 
At greater levels of integration, we will all have our reasons for concealing or temporarily concealing information. But the deeper question perhaps is if it's a truly loving and wise thing to do or just a fear that we're ready to shift our relationship to. So this is what I had to share about Mercury stationing direct in Capricorn. I'll invite you as well to check out Dragon of the Moon and Evolutionary Astrology Initiation. This is my Evolutionary Astrology Intensive I've been teaching for around five years now. We're beginning again February 23rd, and this is an opportunity to learn astrology at depth from the perspective of the soul life, walking a soulful life with language, the language of astrology as a lens for our own evolution. We dive into Pluto and the lunar nodes, specifically in evolutionary astrology, like that's a major part of it. And this gives us a meditation on our desire nature, the deepest desires of our souls, and also the ways that our personality has attempted to secure those desires, giving us some gifts and talents perhaps, and also some psychological complexes and things that we could really unravel or see more clearly. There's also a way within evolutionary astrology that you know, we're looking at the soul and the soul learns through embodiment, through experience. And so everything we've experienced in this life has the opportunity to be a source of wealth for us. Like we have learned something, there is something to integrate. We can digest our experiences, our troubles, our highest moments. We can digest all of it into wisdom, into unraveling parts of us that are ready to unravel and also to envision like what else is possible for us or how could I move beyond this personal egoic paradigm or program I'm running and live into something greater for myself. Evolutionary astrology is an amazingly expansive wisdom school and I absolutely love being in relationship to it, teaching it, and I also love the amazing communities that form in my classes. Everyone who comes to this class is just such a sincere, deep, and magical person, and we often bond as a group. Students go on to be friends, connect in offline life, record, collaborate things together, um, and it's just been a really fruitful community experience for so many. So if you want to apply, learn more, check out student testimonials, click the link in the notes for Dragon of the Moon. If you have any questions about the class, maybe like your personal like learning desires or anything that feels like you know, a personal question about where you are right now and if this class would be something that you're wanting to consider, but you have a question about it, feel free to email me, sabrina at monarchastrology.com, or leave that question in the application. And if you're already feeling called, if your soul is like, yes, I need to be there, I need to learn this language and dive deeper into the nature of this deep part of me that lives inside of me and to understand how to be in divine communication with the cosmos and the planets and find my place within that whole web and be in this like animist mystical relationship with all of life if you already are a yes to that then go ahead and apply and i will be getting back to you so that we can set up a call to talk and i'm so excited to hear from you so i'm gonna leave this here and invite you to have a beautiful integration process of these wild transits that we've had this summer the mars retrograde to me is never a joke <laughs> i take that transit very seriously it always works me deeply 
Um, and now we're here in this fruitful moment of Mars and Mercury being stationary and maybe in that pause, there's a lot for us to think about. So if you want to leave any thoughts about this episode or anything that you related to or want to share, feel free to comment on my Instagram post at Sabrina Monarch, where I talk about this, um, transit. I'd love to hear from you. All right. Have a beautiful day. Mm -hmm.